and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lenu. And this week we are going to tackle a chapter two. Chapter two. It. Chapter it. two. All right. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you want to start talking about it or do you want to start talking about it? how was your week? How was your week? I asked you first. Um, <laughs> Whoop. <laughs> what is happening here? It went by. How was your week? Time passed. Yes. One that same week. week Later. I'm I'm looking forward to losing an hour. Yeah, we lose an hour. That means this week will be just that much shorter. Yeah, we're recording a little bit early for reasons. For reasons, everyone. For reasons. You don't need to know. It's not about you. <laughs> so we are recording nor- earlier than we normally do this week. And uh, yeah, no, my week's been good. Uh, I was fighting a little bit of a stomach issue this morning. but Did you win? I had four pieces of toast and I feel better. I'm drinking diet Sprite, so I'm probably losing overall. But generally, I think I might even be able to eat a meal today. So that's exciting. It is exciting. Yay! Eating um, is good. And we wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day. Merry Christmas. It's the day after St. Patrick's Day when this episode comes okay. out. So hope you're not hungover. That's what I have to say. Okay. You ready to get into it? I'm I'm ready to get into it. All right. It's chapter two. Two. Uh, released in theaters September 6, 2019. I think you and I probably saw it September 7th, 2019, if I had to guess. Right. Back when we could still go to the movies. Remember that? That was nice. That was fun. I have vague memories of it. We passed the same theater. We did. Today. We passed the AMC, which we had the AMC. Right. Stubs. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, we haven't pulled into that parking lot in a year. It was very odd because our roommates did the same thing. We used to spend so much time here and And just don't. Nope. This place is a mystery to us now. All right. Let's do a one-sentence synopsis. Synopsis. I'll leave it to you. All right, explain this to me like I'm a two-year-old, okay? Because there's an element to this thing. I just cannot get through my thick head. 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. I mean, fine, that's not... Okay. I would add that it was almost 30 years. It was almost 30 years. There we go. 27 years. That's all I would change. What? I don't understand. I'm talking with you. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> I was like, what's happening right now? So, in this watch, uh-huh. we had not, I had not seen it since September of 2019. I, that was the only time I saw this film. And we had seen the first one, I think I've seen the first one now three times, mm-hmm. now four times. I think I had seen it three times. And so, in preparation for this one, we decided to watch the first one again. We were clever. Uh, so we watched that one night, and then we watched this the following night, because, y'all, this movie is two hours and 50 minutes long, and uh-huh. I can't watch two two-hour movies back-to-back anymore. No. I'm an old lady. Well, not just that. <laughs> You're an adult, and you have things to do. And one of those things is not... Uh, I'm an adult, and yes, sleep. Well, I, That's I, what I, I have to do. My nephew used to go out and literally watch, go to... Uh, he went to a theater showing, I think, of... All of the Lord of the Rings movies played back to back. They are still doing shit like that, especially like with Endgame. They Lord, did a yeah. all of the Marvel movies. That's two days in a theater. Yeah, I, that is just yeah. a lot of funk. It's I, just a lot of 
I yeah, I just I I don't public understand bathroom it. usage like yeah. that's a lot, but um you know more power to you. In in college, I you know stayed up all night to get tickets to a movie I didn't give a fuck about. What was the movie? <laughs> Star Trek, the Star Wars prequel. Oh yeah, because <laughs> that was you when yeah. That. And uh, I didn't watch the original Star Wars movies, so I did not care about this, but it was a thing for us to do. We were in college, is what we did. I ended up not getting tickets to the midnight showing, but to the 3 a.m. showing. So when we did actually go, we went to the 3 a.m. showing, and I sat down in the theater of the Fremont, or the the seat of the Fremont Theater. It was the first time I'd ever been in this theater. It's a beautiful old theater in San Luis Obispo. And I looked around and I went, This theater is beautiful. The seat is very comfortable. And then the prologue started, and the, you know, the words scrolling. And then I woke up to the Final credits showing. I slept through the whole last movie because it was three o'clock in the morning, um, and also I did not care about it. I, I might say that that would be the best viewing experience of that movie. Um, I mean, I walked out of the movie two 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 movies later. Oh, uh, the the third of the the third of the prequel yeah. movies, yes. Um, which is, you know, we can talk about Star Wars at another time. Right. Let's talk about it for it, now. It. Uh, so we watched Chapter One, which is not called it Chapter One. It's just called it um, in in preparation for this because it had been a while since we'd seen it for this right. show right. Uh, because we've watched, you know, several episodes of Mr. Mercedes between now and then. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and then right into this movie, uh, which we watched last night, and I had forgotten how much scarier this one is. Like, they really take the fact that these are adults now uh-huh. and ratchet up what Pen- Pennywise can and does um, do to them. There yeah. was a moment, and I guess we'll discuss it when we get there, where at the end of the film, I felt it was too much. Like, there is just so much going on. It's, it, and yeah. It reminded me in that way, I had a similar experience going with you and some other friends to watch uh, The Conjuring. Yeah. And there was a young woman sitting in front of us who was so terrified at the fact that the film just kept going. There's this kind of catalog of horrors at the end of the first film where a person gets taken over and a person gets possessed and there's an exorcism and the exorcism doesn't work and it just keeps on going. Yeah. And this woman in front of us was literally screaming to her friend, when will it stop? Was The Conjuring or Insidious? It was The Conjuring. Oh, okay. And I don't remember The Conjuring. That's not good. I should rewatch those movies. Um, but yeah, she was just terrified. And when because, will it stop? Right. right because it just yeah. kept going. Like, yeah, this one gets yeah. deeply horrific for long periods of time. Yes. yes, it does, for sure. Um, but before we get there, uh-huh. uh, we open actually in, in 1989, which is one year. It's the summer after the original summer uh-huh. in the first movie. And Bev, played again by Sophia Lewis, is telling the boys, I, I saw all of us as adults. And we have to come back. We have to make a promise right now to come back. Which I felt like they kind of did at the end of the last yeah. one. But there was a year gap between the release of the film, so I think they replayed some scenes. Yeah. It, it, we had just seen it the night before. 
So it yeah. didn't have the same impact for us. Right. But the there are some scenes in this one, too, where I'm like, when is this? Yeah. Because they are in classrooms. Seemingly, the 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 year that the previous ep- movie yeah. took place in, except the previous movie starts, well, the actual action of the previous movie starts on the last day of school. So why yeah. are they sitting in classrooms, like, having these interactions that look like they take place after everything? Is it the next school year? It's unclear. Right. Um so that's a little bit weird. And what was puzzling is that we know that uh, Beverly leaves school. She's supposed to have left right. at the end of that year so because she, where she her, talking to you know, Dan. she beat the sh- out of her dad, and right. then they were like, "Oh yeah, she he's abusive, and we're gonna not make you go yeah. back with him." Uh, so she yeah, she's supposed to leave and live with her aunt, but uh-huh. then there's scenes in school with her and Ben talking about the relationship that they have and, and the stuff that they know about each other, which was found out on the last day of school. Right. And I'm just like, when is this? What is happening here? Well, the, then we also find right, out that, that it is that was, um, not real. Right. It is a figment. But still, you you think that it's in, being introduced to that character as a memory that would have actually happened, but it couldn't have actually happened. So we start right off with, well, this isn't real. This can't be real because the timing doesn't work out. Are we sticklers? Maybe, maybe. 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 You had a lot of money, y'all, to make this movie. So, like, do it right. (laughs) Like, do it right. Also, people have been waiting a long time for these movies. So don't fuck it up. I will say, before we even get into this, I really enjoy both of these movies. Right. I think they're both really good. The first one is better. Um, uh, and I think yeah. it's because they just decide that since we're not dealing with children anymore, we can make this so deeply fucked up. <laughs> and it's like, we didn't have to make it that fucked up. Like, we really, really didn't need to. But um, so we start the the... The current time, the current in in current modern day of this story starts with uh, a gay couple uh, at a carnival in Derry. They are targeted by the same Stephen King bullies that right. don't have a fucking reason other than I wish I could kiss my best my, or my buddy over here, but I'm not allowed to do that, so I need to take it out on somebody else. I I don't know. It's always just this weird, overt homophobia. Brotherhood of Greasers. Yes. They, um, they, they are followed out into the, the town. They're away from the carnival, and I don't want to even say into the town, because there's no, they're just... They're walking along the waterfront or over a bridge or something. Right. There's not a lot around them. And they are gay bashed, I guess yeah. is the best. I mean, they are they are beaten horribly. And one of them is thrown over a bridge. It's being terrible. Right. And it's terrible right out the gate. Just This is one of those warning scenes that you get occasionally in the beginning of a film. That lets you know that if you're having a problem with this scene, this is the time where you, you should turn back. get up. Right. 
and walk out. This and is not this scene is for you. Deeply disturbing. It's it's and upsetting. Terrible. It's horrible. And what I appreciate is that there's a reason for it later on. It speaks to but something it that, does. that happens later on. It's, but it also just feels like, why are we killing our gays? Saw this, why it was are really we... stereotypical. It is. If you grew up in the 70s, there was almost, well, in certain horror films, uh-huh. there was almost always the gay villain, not gay villain, gay victim Yes. in the film. The film Blackula opens up, the modern day part of it opens up with two gay antiques collectors getting killed by Blackula. Right. And, and it, that was there a is, common scene. It's still a trope. Killing your yeah. gays is still a trope. They, gay, gay characters are there to be martyred uh-huh. and not to live happy, happy, healthy, fulfilling lives. And that's what it feels like. And, and this feel yes, it mirrors onto a, an overarching plot point in the film. Right. It still feels it's mean, merciless, and repellent. It is, um, but like I said, the difference is it does. There's a point that's made with it, but you don't know that until until the very literally the, the one of the last picture images. Of the film is that you start getting a hint of why that was important, right? And you only get the explicit thing in the last three minutes, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So it's Adrian and Don are is this couple. One's from Derry. One is imploring them both to get out of Derry, and so there's this conversation that they're having. They are, as I said, beaten horribly. One of them is thrown off of a bridge, which is murder. That yes. is attempted ass murder, is what that is. So the one Adrian is thrown over the bridge. Don runs down to find him and sees him on the other uh, bank of the river. Right. Being held up by Pennywise and then watches Pennywise bite into his chest. Take right. a one of those big mouth bites right. <laughs> um, out of his chest and um, then sees all of these uh, red balloons. Now, right at that moment, our roommate was like, well, if Kids are the only ones that can see Pennywise. Why are the adults? These, these are adults. These are yeah. young men. Young, young men, but they're certainly in their early twenties. Um, my thought with that, I, and I think it's what my brain did. I don't think this is explicit, but I right. think it's how my brain made this make sense because we'd been told adults don't see this stuff; they yeah. turn a blind eye to it. And I think a large uh, reason for that is once you become an adult, mortal terror is not a thing that you experience very often. In this case, it was... And in this case, both of these men have been mortally terrified. The literal definition of mortally terrified. Their lives were extraordinarily endangered. And so in this fear, Pennywise, who's been gone for... 27 years or whatever, yeah. especially if this is the first killing, um, is maybe just looking for fear. And this fear manifests them being able to see right. and experience and him being able to show that to them and feed off of the perpetu- perpetuated, his perpetuated fear. Um, so that is sort of how I 
made sense of it, but mm-hmm. logically it does not make a lot right. of sense. It doesn't fit the continuity of the story. Of the there's story. a couple of times where it does break from the story, the continuity established in the first story. Yeah. Particularly in these flashback sequences, which are really hard to place. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, where they belong chronologically with yeah. the encounters the other kids are having. Yeah, at one point, and I don't remember what it was, but Stephanie was like, when the hell is this? And I was like, oh, we're in a flashback right now. Right. Like, uh, oh, I, I, I know what it was. It was when Bowers wakes up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Mike Hanlon, the homeschooled kid, <laughs> or black character, has stayed in Derry. He's the only one that stayed in Derry, and he has a police scanner, and he hears the... Um, the story or the news over the police scanner and he goes to the bridge and he sees a red balloon I believe and he sees come home written in blood on the pilings under the bridge and at that point he is making his calls so let's catch up with everybody it's uh-huh. we've all we've we've covered a lot of this stuff so I'm trying to go quick without going too quick so right. Let's talk about the other losers in adulthood. Bill, played by James McAvoy, married to Audra, played by Jess Wexler, who I literally just saw in something and always think is Ashley from um, uh, oh, the woman from Teeth. But I literally just saw her in Ava. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, he's married to her. He's a writer. She's an actress. She's a, he's a writer who can't finish a book properly. That's right. He, uh, author, screenwriter, frequently told that his endings are bad. Hey, uh, Stephen uh, King, what's yeah. up? How you doing, Stephen King? Right. What's going on? I see you. Eddie, played by James Ransom. Oh, and that's what I said, played by James McAvoy, doing a not convincing American accent, which he is capable of doing oh, in a yes. convincing American accent. This ain't it. I don't know what the deal was. <laughs> He's he was much better. I mean, really, the performance. His performance is the character he plays in the Shyamalan movies. Uh, uh, that is really, if you want to see what he's capable yeah. of, that's what to watch. Where he goes back and forth. He's between. also very good to me as Professor Xavier. I like him as Professor. He, yes, but it's not as demanding as this. Other it's part. not. There's a lot of pointing at his head and thinking and really hard. It's like now I'm moving <laughs> things. Yeah, um, but I just yeah I. That character, it's a split, I guess, and Glass, where he plays yes. the antagonist to Bruce Willis's superhero. He's really very yeah. good, yes. and he pulls several convincing and, accents. But even though that that part and that right that is written deeply problematically, right. that's fine. Um, Eddie, now played by James Ransone, in a cute nod to the original, he is driving a Cadillac Escalade when we uh-huh. meet him. He is not, in fact, a chauffeur, which is what the Eddie in the uh, in the original miniseries, and I don't recall what the book was, uh, was a driver. But he's driving his own Cadillac Escalade. He is a risk assessor, checks out, married to a woman, Myra, who is just as controlling as his mother. Shocking. I, I, I really like the the physical resemblance he has towards the actual chi- the child actor. Yeah. Uh, ben is, amazing. is played by Jay Ryan. Mm-hmm. They do a cute um, sort of switcheroo by using the K 
kid that played Ben in the original series mm-hmm. as the as one of his employees who looks right. very much like the kid that played right. Ben, uh, but it's and is a sort of an older or like a chunkier balding uh-huh. dude. And then, of course, we see Ben, and he is ripped and cut there are whole and an architect, which we have to do some retcon on right. and go, look, he wanted to be an architect all along, even though we took that away from him in the first movie to give him the historian thing. Right. Do we have to, like, go back and go, oh, no, he always wanted to be an architect. There's a scene in this film where he's tormented or tortured by it later in the film. And it seems like that scene is specifically Specifically there. so we could see some abs. Right. It's very funny. Fan service for the ladies. That never happens. Meanwhile, Jessica Chastain gets to keep her clothes on this whole damn movie. Um, speaking of, let's talk about Jessica Chastain. Married to an abuser who's surprised no one. But she has remembered her old tricks and takes out her husband using the similar move as she did when she took out her father by hitting him with a heavy thing. I think that (laughs) makes perfect sense, though, Mm -hmm. in that they all forget their lives in Derry. Yes. Um, So that it it makes sense to me that that she she would wind up with an abuser. Well, not just that. Patterns of abuse are patterns for a reason. She doesn't remember it so that she can't correct it. Right. Just yeah, no, up. she doesn't. Right. She doesn't stand a chance. And I think that's the, the same thing with Eddie is the fact that he doesn't remember yes, the patterns of the the uh, and we have Stan, played by Andy Bean, who is a partner in an accounting firm. We don't really get that either. And I think that Bill Hader's part really runs away with his with the film. Yes. Time. But I think that what works really well, this is where the improvement, where it improves significantly over the original. Mm-hmm. The original was a television production. It was. And so he's, and this is not to say that, I forget the actor's name who played the original character. Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson, that's right. Okay, so Harry Anderson could be really, really, really funny. Yes. And he was a comedian. He also could be and pretty a magician. raunchy, too. Yes. But because we were yeah, doing... Yeah, he a, was like Bob Saget in that yeah. way, right? Yeah. He Because we were doing a television uh, adaptation, he was toned down a lot. Yeah, where, he's, they are not yeah. toned down in this. And here, Bill Hader's allowed to just go nuts with playing really a, a guy. His his uh, comedian persona is being kind of a dick, and that the fact that he still interacts with Eddie this way is adorable. As adults, and Eddie is what's the actor's name again? Uh, James Ransom. And he's deputy so and so from the Insidious movies. He is uh, where he was really good. He has a. He looks like a Chuck Jones drawing of a a bunny rabbit or something. He has like the biggest eyes I've seen in a human face, um, and he's constantly communicating how terrified he was with that. It was a really good choice. He doesn't really have big eyes. 
Like, if you just look at him, yeah. he does it. He acts with them a lot, though. Right. And I think that's... Um, I am curious, actually. Let uh-huh. me do a little thing. So the kids were cast first. Okay. Uh, during the production of the first film, he began to think about which stars he wanted to play each child actor's counterpart. And I don't know if there is a a movie or set of movies that has adult-to-child counterparts that are as good as uh, these yeah. are. Um, specifically Jessica Chastain and Bill Hader. I think that the only time that I've seen it really But well, also, Jane Martell and James McAvoy uh, are really, really good, too. The, the, um, the, the kid and the adult that play Mike yeah. are really good, right. although I could have seen a couple of other characters. I could have seen a couple of a- other adult actors in that uh-huh. role. The Ben part is, a, is, a, is almost a wild card. Because he, he looks so much different, and it's he's supposed to look exactly right. so much different. Stanley's almost a throwaway, but the casting is very, very good. And then Eddie, I think, is also extremely, extremely good. They they just did a really good job, and I think they worked together. Like they. They yeah. were able to spend time with each other. The only example I can think of of, of a better casting job, of course, is when uh, Vera Farmiga and her sister play the same character. Indeed, yes. And it's just like they, they're practically identical. And it's right. like, okay, you're not going to be able to top that. Because they basically look the same at different points in the same life. Uh, but other than that, yes, this this was an amazing casting job. And... Uh, like I said, particularly Eddie. That was amazing. That looked so much like an adult version of that actor. Yeah. Jack Dylan Grazer is a great kid actor. Mm-hmm. I really, really like him. And then James Ransone is really good. Like, And the one thing with the hater Finn mm-hmm. Wolfhard comparison that I was like, they're almost lucky that Finn did, in fact, get so much. They got... When they filmed the first It movie, Finn Wolfhard was... Small. Uh-huh. He was still small. And if you've seen that terrible twi- Turn of the Screw remake that he was in, he's getting tall. Yeah. Like, I 100 believe that, percent believe that Finn Wolfhard could turn into, <laughs> into Bill Hader, who is a tall man. Yeah. He's, not a, he's not very short. Uh, but... You know, I think, yeah, I think that these, the counterparts are really good. And you don't get thrown off when you do see the flashbacks. You're just like, yeah, I see that as the, the small version of that. They, they're they also lucky, or I, I think smart, that they did not choose actors who we'd seen as kids. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been a tougher sell. Um, and they, they started, I mean... James McAvoy's been acting for a long time, so is Jessica Chastain, but I don't know what they look like as children, and right. I could see them looking well, like this of, as children. Like I've said, the complaint I've had with other films, too, it's like, no, I know what Bruce Willis looked like as a young right. man. I right. know what this... Yeah, and it wasn't it, like George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, like, like, sorry. They kind of squint the same, I think, um, but other than that, there really wasn't... Yeah, it, it was hard for me to buy that film, even though I really like Looper. I really enjoy that film. Yeah, no, me too. Um... So, 
Mike calls everybody. Nobody knows who he is. Mm-hmm. When he says from Derry, it starts coming back, but still almost nothing. They, they know almost nothing except that they all know that they have to go. Bev, oh, Bev does have to, as I said, you know, fight her way out of her situation. Um, and the other person who has to fight their way out of their situation is Stanley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley, we see cutting his wrists in the bathtub that, that, the, the night that he gets a call yeah. from Mike. There is a follow-up to that, which I don't believe is in the original I don't believe movie, so either. I, but I it's think, not in the original film. I don't know about the book. I, I don't know. I, I could see it being in the book. I don't mm-hmm. know. In fact, I, well, we can talk about it now. At the very end of this movie, the mm-hmm. remaining Losers Club, we won't say who it is. Y'all, we're going to spoil the shit out of this, so y'all, people die. But the remainders, losers cl- remaining Losers Club all get letters from Stanley saying, it, I know what it looks like, but the reality is I was too scared. Right. And I knew if I wasn't there, everyone, you would, everybody would die. We would all die. And so I took myself off the board, basically. Mm-hmm. He was like, I couldn't do what I needed to do. And rather than bringing everybody with me, yeah. I removed myself from the equation. Which, you know, you could read that as, you know, a rationalization. But it's in keeping with Stanley's character, at least from the book. The problem with these movies, too, is... Mm-hmm. You don't get a lot of Stanley in, in any of the versions of it. I think you get more of Stanley in the film, the first one. I think, and mm-hmm. what I liked about this version of it, mm-hmm. this second part, mm-hmm. is that you really, it, the original adaptation was really focused on the adults. Yeah. And we do flashback scenes. Yes. This took place chronologically, starting with uh-huh. the kids, and then moves into a second half. And the second half has a lot of the kids in it. It does. They're in it, so we see Stanley more. And so yes. there's more of um, a bond and, with Stanley in this version. And I think it's it's a smart it was smart for the filmmakers to do that because right. as I said, they rounded out some things. Like we get the clubhouse that we never saw in the first film. Yeah. But they clearly spent a bunch of time in, and this 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 establishes Ben wanting to do architecture. Right. I think the only thing for the first film would be his building of the diorama of the city tower. Yes, right. That's the only but that's that a school have. project, so right. you can't even tell if that was a thing he enjoyed doing or just yeah. a thing that he had to do for you know reasons. Um, you know, and we do get more of the. The break between the kids yeah. when they were separated. You see that uh, Bev and Bill were spending a pretty significant amount of time mm-hmm. um, together and things like that. Because we see that Bill is the one that finds out that she, or sees that she's gone. Right. But why was, you know, you didn't know if that was a like a fluke or what yeah. was going on with that. There weren't a lot of sort of what is the word I want? Like interstitial fill-ins in that first movie. Yeah. They they keep. I mean, I think that's why it can be two hours and fifteen minutes long. They keep mm-hmm. it actually pretty tight. Yeah. To have as many characters in it as it has. We also get the resolution of Stanley's uh, bar mitzvah. Yes. And I think that was a really great scene. Yeah, where he's like, yeah. "I don't feel like a man." You're saying that I'm like they say yeah. that this marks me as a man, but I don't feel any 
fucking right. different. Like, <laughs> so what are we doing here? And that was a really good scene because the conflict with the dad was not resolved in part one. No, that's true. Um, so the the other thing that happens when we see Stanley ending his life is this is when we get a flashback that we don't realize is a flashback and it's mm. water coming out of the into the I, I guess they're in the barrens out of the the stand and there's bodies there and then we see Henry Bowers wake up right. and he is a child and that's when we realize and then he gets up and he is stumbling home to find cops everywhere because he has killed his father mm. and so they are wheeling his father out and he has clearly had a psychotic break so it, it was unclear at that at, we, we just see him fall down the, the pit when yeah. Mike knocks him down the pit and you presume that he has died but no he has not died well, it happens to Karomov every yeah, right. projecting <laughs> rock so you just assume that yes he is dead and I have to say that him coming back that opening uh, is one of the gorier scenes in the film yeah, there's yes, there's because um, he's he's surrounded by a soup of human bodies. Human bodies, presumably yeah. all the kids that had right, floated in because, different stages of decay. Right, uh, and so he's he is, and then he he's yelling that he can't stop because he has right. to kill them all. He was told to kill them all, and that's when he is, of course, committed. And then we see him now committed <laughs> in in some sort of insane asylum i say right. with big quotes uh and he that that uh, young to old is also very good yeah um he's in a mental institution he's even worse off than he was um and he gets visited by pennywise in the form of a zombie patrick hofstetter so this is the return of patrick Porchy. and uh he gives henry that Knife, that switchblade, uh -huh. that deeply illegal weapon <laughs> that he has. Uh, and then we go back and we see the losers meeting at Jade of the Orient restaurant, which is not problematic at all. I think it makes perfect sense <laughs> in the context of the story. In though. Derry, Maine, sure, that's I what mean, the... I mean, we lived... How, yeah, what was I the name of the, of, the, um, of the Chinese restaurant by where our old place in El Cerrito... I don't... There Hosanna, were, um, Hosanna Oriental Food. Oh, yes, that's right. And I think it catered... It was a kosher Chinese restaurant. Correct. And, but I, that was my favorite, Hosanna Oriental Food. Like, Oriental Food, don't worry about what kind of Oriental Food. Yes, from the Orient, you know. So if you like those Oriental Orient? flavors and you're worried about having, you know, pork fried rice, you don't have to worry about it here. It's pretty funny. Yeah, upsetting. Upsetting. Uh, so they're there, and as they are, as they each come in, they kind of remember more. Right. Chunks more. Chunks more. Uh, I think uh, Richie comes up on Bev and Ben mm -hmm. and just goes, you two are great. What the fuck happened to me? <laughs> Which is so good <laughs> like uh and they're they finally like note so is stanley showing up or what 
At which point, as they realize, as they're pulling out their fortune cookies, each fortune only has one word on it. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, guess could not cut it. Those are the words that each of their fortunes have. And they're trying, they're like freaking out and trying to figure out what does yeah. it say? What does it say? Why does it say that? What does it say? And then Bev, taking her sweet time going, there's another word. <laughs> word. And it's Stanley. And it's guess Stanley could not cut it. At which point, all of the fortune cookies crack open and reveal these terrible... Oh, it's so gross. It's really good. Like, it's very effective. There's a crawling eye, Mm -hmm. um, which is the movie that Richie had been watching in the flashback, which is I I don't think they are very clear on. And there's, like, spider things, and they are freaking out, and they, like, destroy the back room of the restaurant. It's very similar to what happens in the... You know, it, that's right. from the book, right? But this was scarier to me than what they did in the, the in the miniseries. Film, um, the they actually were creating miniature objects, animatronic objects, and the CGI. This is the kind of thing that it works for, yes. which is to make a very small thing because it's difficult to animate an object that small unless you're going to go with stop motion animation, which is very time consuming. Yes, yes. Um, but the creatures themselves, particularly the what looks like a cockroach with a baby's head. Oh, so upsetting. It's not even like a co- it's all it's like a or yeah. a cicada, something something big like that. Something big, like a like a fat bug with a real baby head on it. Right. Um, <laughs> and I think that was almost like a reference to uh MR James, the adaptation of uh forget which uh the ash tree where there are spiders with baby faces on them that i don't like it yeah and they they mule and cry like a baby but they're spiders and they're about the size of a basketball yeah and that notoriously like kept people like there were letters sent to the bbc going why the hell did you put that on the air that's terrifying yeah um and then they go you know they finally get out after paying their tab plus several hundred dollars in fix-it fees for destroying the back room of this restaurant. Uh, And Bev calls Stan's wife and finds out, of course, that he has died. She, we find out a little bit later, already knew that because she has seen all their deaths. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Now, I kind of want to... There's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So what ends up happening, they gather at the hotel where they're staying, and Mike's like... It we've got to solve it, and uh-huh. to do that, you all need to find your artifacts. There are artifacts. There's a ritual of chud, right. is how they pronounce it in this. Chud, which is spelled chud. It's spelled chud. It is, um, which is a native ritual that was supposed to get rid of Pennywise. Now uh-huh. it didn't the first time, and we find out later that Mike knew that it didn't the first right. time. Which, hey, spoiler alert: Pennywise is here, so it right. didn't work. I don't need an artifact to tell me that it didn't work. When Pennywise is here, it didn't fucking work. Um, So the idea is they all have to get these artifacts that are in various places. They all go to the clubhouse to get Stanley's artifact, which was a um, shower curtain or a shower cap. Yeah. Um, 
That was a very funny scene, too, yes. where, was it Eddie, or, no, it was uh, Richie, who was like, nobody's afraid of bugs in their hair, and then he looks, and everybody's got the shower caps on, and right. he's like, I stand corrected. <laughs> um, uh, so, that's what, that's what Stan would have gotten, so they all go to get that together. Mm-hmm. Bev's, of course, is a postcard with a poem on it. If you've seen the trailer for this movie, you've seen the best one of these encounters. Uh, it was basically a small horror film in and of itself. Yeah. It felt like an M. Night Shyamalan film. Well, it felt like the, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan film. The, the, one, the Visit. The Visit, yeah. yeah. It felt very much like um, that. Yeah, that trailer was spectacularly right. done. Um, and that piece of the thing is very There's scary. There's a lot of individual set pieces with each of the characters. Yes. And, and that, yeah, that really is the best one. I think the other great one is Eddie's. Eddie goes to the pharmacy, uh-huh. um, and his is the, uh, his inhaler. Right. And it has to do with the leper the leper his kidnapping his mom and, and tying her up. Diseases. Yes. The leper is disgusting and he has this weird and we see the f- this flashback right. to I guess a situation where he experienced it as a child uh-huh. and then he like is there and he's like okay we, I know that was fake so we don't right. it's like we're getting things from the summer filled in that we didn't get in the first yeah I'm wondering whether that was intended for the first film or if it just... I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. I think that they probably may have mapped out the experiences they wanted them to have and then decided which ones would be better to put in this one versus the first one. That's what it seems like. Uh, And we also see the bully that wrote Loser on Eddie's cast Uh and threw, you know, garbage water on Bev from the first movie as an adult. Also excellent casting. She looks the same. It's really good. Um, uh, What did Ben need to find? What's Ben's thing? Ben's thing we find out uh, later on and oh, Ben do didn't have him. to go anywhere. Right, it's in his wallet. It's in his it's, wallet. Yeah. It's the it's the his yearbook was only signed by one person, and mm-hmm. it was Bev. And she, he's like, I should have forgotten, but yes. I've carried it around with me the whole time. Right. So that was his. And I have to say that I am really glad about the ending of this film that we're not given that bizarre. They all forgot. Once it was over, once the menace was over. Yeah. Because that made no sense. Yeah. And I'll explain that later, but we should go on with yeah. this. Yeah. Um, Bill's is the bike, but I don't know what he throws into the... He finds his bike, it, in the, and that's the cameo from Stephen King as right. the antique shop dealer who, oh, hey... Hey, big big time author with terrible endings. Yeah, I know who you right. are. You want that bike? Three hundred dollars. You can afford it. And I'm just like, how many times has this shit happened to him? Yeah, he... that was cute. Really... <laughs> it was. He is really also giving crap to Ben for stammering. Bill, Bill, excuse me, uh, Bill for stammering um, because Bill is asking for the b- b- bike. Yes, and he's like Beaver. 
Yeah, yeah. Wait, all the baseball card, right? He's saying all the B things. Right. He's he was, like, fucking was... bike, and he's like, if you want to swear, you could take it elsewhere. And he's like, uh. <laughs> I think that also might be part of. I will say, Jade Martell, the the kid that plays Bill, better stutterer than James McAvoy yeah. for whatever reason. Yes, and right. I think James McAvoy mm-hmm. could be a better stutterer. I think that he did not put in. The time, because we saw what he can do with voices, as you yes. said, in Split, and it doesn't feel like he put it in here. There's a character in Split that does not get a lot of attention because the kid is so entertaining, etc. 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 Uh, the the Spanish speaking character because McAvoy's accent is really good. Yeah, he does what sounds like a native Spanish speaker really well, which is not easy. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I'm just throwing that out there. He's he's really very good. Yeah, Richie goes to an old arcade he went to as a kid. Um, he picks up a token as his artifact, um, and at that time he was gay bashed again. But there's no indication. There was no indication earlier that Richie was gay. There is now indication that Richie is gay. Yeah. Uh, that he has not acted maybe on that. We don't know. He's a single man mm-hmm. um, in his late 30s. Well, the, the idea that he hadn't acted on it is that um, Pennywise visits him in a scene that, as I've mentioned when we watched it, the long arm of Ray Harry Housen. Yes, he from... gets on. He, <laughs> he starts out on the Paul Bunyan statue and then uh, he takes over the Paul Bunyan right. statue. But Pennywise uh, is threatening to expose his secret. Yeah, he's like, you want to play truth or dare, but you don't want to play truth or dare because you don't want anybody to say truth because you I, you don't, I know the right. ugly truth about you, your dirty, dirty secret, which right. we are to take that he is gay. Hey, guys, if you're gay, you don't, it's not a dirty you know what, secret, you don't it's fine. Be, yes, just be what you are. <laughs> Fuck those clowns that are trying to extort you and give up information those on you. literal and figurative. Clowns. <laughs> Uh, he does get away and gets gets his artifact. And it's not, like I said, it's not explicit. He clearly enjoys playing this video game with this boy. Yeah. There is some feeling out of right. what this relationship might be. But then, of course, the bully comes, calls him a fairy, chases him out. And then that's yeah. when he has this inter- interaction with, uh, with Pennywise. I believe that's it. Meanwhile, as they're doing their little... Easter egg hunt. Uh, Henry is busy killing guards and escaping his mental institution, which I should say he is driven away by same zombie Patrick Hofstetter in a vehicle. So Pennywise apparently can drive now. It's weird, and I don't, I don't know why they decided that that would be the thing. Uh, He ends up at the hotel. And he ends up attacking Eddie and stabs him in the face. It's rough, dude. <laughs> interesting. I, I, in the okay, face. Okay, here as a person who studies actual violence, right? Yes. The scenes of violence that we get in this film are really well done in that they're clumsy, people yes. do things wrong. Bev did something in the beginning of the film that I really admired that I, I'd seen actually happen in real life and I've done, which is... When somebody's attacking you, she throws something at him to distract him, and then she wallops him. 
And that distraction thing is really is really useful. So when she did it, it's like, yeah, that's really like what a person would do attempting to defend themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the same thing happens here. The attempt to stab him in the throat probably winds up going yeah. right through his cheek, his cheek into his mouth. And his reaction is, why did you do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> um, yeah. And then he performs his own distraction, which is to climb into the shower and pull the curtain. And then... While he's doing that, and uh, the the thug, what's his name, comes Henry. after him, Henry, yeah. he's since pulled it out of his mouth and stabs him through the curtain, which was really clever because Henry can't see where the knife is coming from. Right. And he's not paying attention to it. And, of course, it. doesn't finish the job, but does right. well, make him, it does blind. scare him away. It was yes. blind, but it and was I don't think mouth. Eddie's trying to kill somebody. Right. He's just trying not to die right now. Right. Um, but now Henry goes away with his knife, so that's not ideal. Um, but he does put a scare into Richie. Yes. Um, and it also leads to one of, I, I think it was improvised, I'm thinking, because it is really funny in a very macabre kind of way, which this movie has a lot of funny macabre moments, um, is watching Jessica Chastain's character when when uh, Eddie comes out of the uh, his hotel room after screaming, they're hearing all sorts yeah. of noises. Yeah, and he's like, uh, "How bad is it?" And she's trying to put his cheek. She together like with hold, she like she's keep, trying to pinch it she's together. She's trying to pinch it together, <laughs> and I'm just like, "Ooh, bad! It's bad, yo." I wouldn't notice that the first time I saw the film. She's just like, she's just like with two funny. with her like her her index finger and her thumb, just trying to pinch it together, and I'm yeah. just like, "Ooh, that's gonna." I was going to leave a mark, yo. Now, meanwhile, we should say there are have been two children who have been taken. Uh, one is taken, one is a little girl who we see actually in the very first scene. Uh, one of the, the gay couple, like, gets real vindictive in his shoot-the-water game uh, at the carnival and yeah. wins the prize. And his boyfriend is like looks at the girl next to him who he has, like, stolen this prize from, and then he's like, yeah, I don't need this prize. This little girl deserves this prize. So right. he gives it to her and then wish, whispers in her ear, thanks for letting which me win. incredibly sweet. Which was extraordinarily sweet. And then, which makes what happens to them right. not worse, but, like... But what, and then what also happens to the little girl. And then that little girl, yes, right. Victoria, we see later, she has a birthmark on her cheek, mm-hmm. and she is lured away... By Pennywise, uh, and you know, he basically says, "Oh well, I was hoping if nobody could see me, then you'd want to be my friend because m- when people see me, they laugh and then they don't want to be my friend." And of right. course, this is an experience that this young lady has had, and so he lures her that way, which is terrible. And then um, another kid who we, we there are two children in this movie for all right. intents and purposes. There is Victoria, who is the girl with her right. cheeks. She's in the carnival scene and then in the scene later when Pennywise takes her. And then there is Dylan, who is in three scenes. One scene right at the end of the um, Chinese food uh-huh. scene who comes up to Richie and says something to Richie and Richie's like, what do you mean by that? Does that mean? And he's like, it's a line from your act. I'm a fan. And like, right. and then Bill sees the kid skateboarding around and he's like, stay away from the drains! Because <laughs> he's like having real Georgie so issues. This poor kid. <laughs> like, well, and I'm, then this kid did not catch a break. He's like, well, I'm going to go to the carnival and um, Bill realizes that 
right. this kid's going to get in trouble. And he goes into this house of mirrors and sees Pennywise take this kid right in front of him. Right. At which point, Bill's like, fuck it, I'm just going to go and kill Pennywise. I'm like, I mean, good fucking luck. By right. yourself? That The whole thing is you can't do it by yourself. Like, that's the whole thing. Right, you have to get all the horcruxes and put them in the... Exactly. In the, the, the vase. And... And then set it on fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they're Which all going to... Which is gonna... a great scene, too, <laughs> by the way. They're all meeting back at the library where Mike, you know, works. Uh-huh. And Henry attack Henry Henry shows up and attacks Mike. And is on top of Mike. Mike's sort of trying to struggle, get all, out, out from under him. Uh-huh. At which point, Richie comes in and... and I hit with an axe? What well, did well, he hit him there's, with? There's a museum display of uh, local objects. Yeah. And I love the first scene where Henry runs up and tries to attack Mike, who just body slams him. It's like, yeah. you've been kicking this guy's ass for 30 years now, right? Right. And then they're rolling around the broken glass, and he gets the upper hand because he has a knife. And then uh, Richie comes up and just cleaves this guy's head in half with an axe a Native American axe from the uh, display. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. 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 Hits him in the head with an axe well, I can and say Indian. immediately Indian. vomits. Right. That's the second time we've seen Bill he Hader did, vomit just in this movie. Is what he does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and... Because we need to up the gross which, portion to this film. At which point, Bev comes in and says, are you okay? And she's like, no, I just killed a guy. And he's just like, I'm talking to Mike, who's actively bleeding from right. a cut on his arm. And I'm just like, okay, Richie, let's, let's not... <laughs> Uh, and then we're gonna we we're we're doing the ritual. We're gonna uh-huh. go. We're gonna go get Pennywise. That's what we're gonna do. Right. So they go to the house on Nebolt, uh to face off for the last There's time. There's a lot of. They've action. killed Henry at this uh-huh. point. They burn their artifacts. Uh-huh. Um, I think Mike's is the rock. The rock that brought them together from. With Henry's blood on it, right. that um, there's Bev a really threw. funny bit there where they keep commenting what's going to burn. What's You're not like, gonna that's burn. not going to burn. Right. <laughs> um, and they're doing it inside of this ritualistic like basket thing, right? Piece of pottery, I guess. I guess because it doesn't. It's pottery because it doesn't I, the burn. The first time I saw it, I thought it was leather or something. Yeah, and it's not. So Bev's poem, Ben's yearbook page, Richie's token, Eddie's inhaler. The boat that Bill made for Georgie, right. that's what it was. It wasn't, he did get his bike, which helped, right. but the boat that made for Georgie. And we should say at this point, if you think that you're going to see Bill's wife, you aren't. Yeah. <laughs> she was a character in the, in the book, uh-huh. and she is a character in this for one, one scene, scene, and she's a character in the miniseries. Um, they don't add that extra layer, and I'm fine with it. Um, she... She was a bigger character in the miniseries. She was yes. played by Olivia Hussey, mm-hmm. which was weird. Why call her in? If you're, but that's the reason why, because they needed to have... I remember that actress. She's Juliet. Um, so you were able to identify... And then there becomes that scene at the end of the original when where he's he brings her brings back. Brings her back um, because uh, she'd been taken by Pennywise. We don't need it. Right. Well, there's too much story here. If there's too much story. Right. And, we, and I, I just don't... You want a resolution with the characters that you know, not new characters yes, coming Yes, I don't in. need any new characters. Bill right. cares about these people enough to do what he needs to do here. We don't need to bring another woman in just to be a victim. Uh-huh. So I appreciate that they didn't do that shit. Right. Um, so then 
there's a little bit of uh, mind fuckery, right? So they all get sort of separated. Right. Bev and Ben get separated together. Um, Bev has already said that she thinks she, she remembers kissing Bill, which she did uh-huh. do twice. Um, once in third grade and once, you know, in right. the movie that we just saw. Uh and that he probably wrote her the, wrote her the, the poem, but right. and and Ben does not have it in him to say no, it was me. Um, but then she figures it out as they're both drowning, well, her in blood and him in dirt, <laughs> um, and they save each other, right. and then that's great. Uh, then Eddie and Richie are in a scenario where um, there are three doors. Which is repeated from the first film. Which is from, yes, from the first film. Scary, very scary, or not scary at all. And in a neat twist, the bottom half of the character, who we only saw the top half of the last time they pulled this gag, now her bottom half comes chasing them. Yes. There's a neat homage to John Carpenter's take on the thing. Is that the... Oh... Uh, yes, Stanley's with, head. The, the Stanley's head visiting them. Which we we got from mm. with uh, Richard. What's his name? Rich. I want to call him Tozier, but that's not right. The Major. What's the the dude uh, that yeah. played Stanley? Richard Mazur. Mazur. All right. In the original film. In the original film, was a head in yeah, a, a refrigerator. Refrigerator. So they kind of take that and then they add. He. It's his whole body, yeah. like twisted in there and then his head comes off right. and then yeah it grows spider and, legs and it's also deeply I, upsetting I don't know where that came from in the original the John Carpenter film I don't know where that nightmare thing came yeah, from somebody's bad dream um, yeah and so it was great to see well of course I know that it's lifting a scene from another film but it makes perfect sense because that would have been a movie they would have seen the kids would have. Yeah. They were that generation. That was mine. I remember seeing that film when I was a kid. And what the hell is that? Yeah. It seems to be a head with eyes, eye stalks and yeah. legs. Yeah. That was really well done. Um, uh, Pennywise blows up and is like his sort of true form, which uh-huh. is this big spider, but he still has the Pennywise the spider face. spider mantis thing. And says, oh, Mike, you didn't tell them about the fourth side. So the fourth side of this pottery thing uh-huh. that shows the ritual shows that it's he failed the first time. Right. And then Mike gets real culty and goes, it's because they didn't believe. It's because they didn't believe. And I'm like, dude, you feel a little like a chaos agent in this right. moment. It's not a good look. Um, Bill ends up trapped in something that looks like his childhood basement and sees himself talking to Georgie, Georgie blaming him. And there's a lot of that sort of... I I wasn't as sick as I right. You know, I pretended to be I sick, pretended to be cause sick because I didn't, want to, I didn't want to play with you. And, yeah, yeah. and then because he had asked Pennywise why why Georgie of all the kids that you could have taken why Georgie and it was because you weren't there right. Yeah. So he's got clearly got this survivor's guilt which he was dealing with the whole first time still still dealing with it. Yeah, Ben gets sort of almost buried inside of a a fake version of their clubhouse. Uh, Bev gets almost drowned by blood in a fake version of the bathroom stall from the women's bathroom. And that's a very funny kind of... And there's two in that particular scene, nods towards Stephen King, or uh, Danny Kubrick shining. Yeah. Both with the elevator full of blood. Now she's actually in the bathroom stall. 
And uh, Henry, is it Henry? I can call him, call him Henry. Uh, the, the villain. Opening yeah. the door and doing the Here's Johnny. Yes. Um, thing. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of callbacks to other Stephen King stories. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, referencing other horror movies that would yeah. have been Yeah, but it's all time. like really visceral. Yeah. This whole part, I'm just like, this is a lot. Yeah. This is a lot. And it's like a half an hour of... Yes, of climax. Of onslaught, yeah. Right. There's a climax that just goes on and on. It keeps, like I mentioned about The Conjuring, it keeps moving from bad to worse to bad to worse to bad to worse. Yeah. To the point where now um, Pennywise is effectively a kaiju. That's how big he is now. Yes, he's massive. <laughs> he's chasing them. That's the thing. That's where I was like, well, there's no way kids could have beaten them. Right. I don't know how these adults are going to beat him, but right. there's no, like, he seems to have gained a significant amount of power well, and size and strength. It's supposed and... to be that he's inside of his spaceship. Oh, know? I guess that's right. And so he has yeah. unlimited powers inside of this area. His spaceship, by the way, is just really spiky, which comes in handy later on. Yeah. A spiky spaceship. Yeah. And finally, they come to a point where Eddie manages to muster enough courage after not being able to do so and getting somebody hurt earlier Mm -hmm. to strike Pennywise for the first time in a real way. Uh And then as he's running to Richie to make sure Richie's okay, Pennywise impales him. Right. And then Eddie is killed. And it's fucking rough. (laughs) He's not killed right away. He's not. And he lives long enough to pass on the secret of of defeating Pennywise. Yes. And it's based on the encounter he had with a leper. Yes. In the basement of the drugstore, which is that the more his conviction grows, uh, the weaker the creature gets. Yes. Make him... The only way we can make him small Uh, is to make him believe that he is small. Right. And these are people who understand what it is life like to, be to believe that you are small. Right. And they know what it takes. And so they throw it at him. Now this, I think, is... While... Okay, and the other thing is, it's ridiculous, right? It's... it's uh, J.K. Rowling stole this 100% uh-huh. and put it, and made it into Boggarts in Harry right. Potter's. Uh, and I think thematically it's a good idea I think the way that this scene was written falls fucking flat for me the things that they yell at Pennywise they're not they don't first of all I think this is the only scene where they're not swearing I really think that all of these motherfuckers would be swearing at this point um so there's no swearing, and it just feels, I don't know, as a person maybe who, as a child, was bullied and so came up with some real severe uh-huh. verbal things to say to kids to, to, to make them leave me alone. What these people come up with, especially Richie, right. to make Pennywise feel small seems well, it, it half-assed seem, like it really would work. I'm not sure. I thought the idea behind that scene was for them to sort of, like they're reverting to children. You're just a clown. Um, and it does feel like it has a lot less venom than it but could have. kids have venom, right. man. Kids and are kids that they were, mean. were really venomous, They too, were. Especially towards each other. Yes. 
but I think that they could have, especially given that Eddie uh, has been mortally wounded at this point, Stanley is dead. Right. They've all been through all of this stuff. Bill had forgotten he had a brother for right. 30 years or whatever. I feel like their their level of rage would be such that the things that they would say would have been a little bit harsher than right. what they actually do say. So that's where it falls a little bit flat for me. And it's over very quickly. It's like a minute. Well, I did like <sighs> the actual scene of Pennywise being reduced to... And it reminded yes, me I like that, but like I, a, it could have taken a, a little bit longer. illustration, like yes. the illustrations in front of Alice in Wonderland, where it's this tiny... Yes infant-sized, and the scene of Mike reaching into its chest to pull its heart out. Yes. A part of what didn't work, I think, for the original film was that it just turns into a big monster. And so we're not left with the personality of Pennywise. Yeah. Tim Curry, effectively, is abandoned at the climax of the first take on this. Yeah. And we're given a big stop-motion animated spider. That's right. And they turn it over and rip its guts out, but, but you're not really identifying it as Pennywise because it no longer looks remotely like him. Yeah. It's a monster. And so this one shows this sort of shriveled, deflated version of him. Yeah. And when he's trying very hard to stop Mike from grabbing his heart out of his chest, he's sort of patting him like a baby. Yeah. And that, that's a really effective it image. Is. The idea that it's just reduced to absolute to nothing, infancy yeah. and nothing with these huge worried eyes. Yeah, and I think face. that works. I just think the yeah, words that they, the, the writing, the words that uh, led up to it didn't feel strong yeah. enough to me. Yeah. Especially given the visceral horror that we've been watching for mm-hmm. half an hour at this point, and then for, for them to yell clown at him a bunch of mm-hmm. times, and then that was it. Like, it just, right. it's it feels a little soft to me. It feels a lot soft to me. That is probably my biggest problem with the with this. Um, the whole lair starts to crumble, and Richie is like, we've got to get Eddie out, we've got to get Eddie out, and they're like, we can't take him with us, we've got to go. I like that they get him out in the in the in the miniseries, mm-hmm. and I remembered seeing that image in this movie. I guess mm-hmm. my brain just decided, no, they got him out. Right. Which you wouldn't leave him behind. They got him out, but they did leave him behind, and I don't love that either. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, get it. He de- he deserves to. He deserves a burial. Yeah. Like he deserves to not. Well, he's buried. Well, he, uh, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> but um, not not in a respectful or loving way. Just uh, you have to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, and then they go to the quarry and swim and swim uh, and take off all of the everything, of just everything. And, and they're and like, and anyone would hate it here because this water is gross, yeah. <laughs> which is very good. Uh, and then as they're walking back, um. They see their reflections in the window, and they see the childhoods, like the little ones, including Eddie and Stanley, which I'm like, oh! <laughs> like that part always makes me cry. I'm like, oh no! And then um, you see the flashback of them after their f- original fight with Pennywise, mm-hmm. um, which of course you didn't see before. And Eddie's like, I can't go back like this. I'm my mom's gonna kill me and then she's like you've been gone for 24 hours yeah. you're already on milk cartons like your mom's gonna kill you for so many reasons other than the fact that you're covered in schmutz uh and then we get our sort of prologue or epilogue where we get the letter from stanley just saying 
I knew I couldn't do it and I wasn't going to take all you guys with me. Mm. Um, Mike is getting ready to get the out of Dodge because he doesn't need to be there anymore. Uh, Bev and Ben are on a yacht. Good for them. Uh, Bill is working on his writing and his ends are, he thinks his endings are getting better. And Richie goes back to the bridge. We had seen a flashback of, of the time when they were all separated where Richie was carving something into the bridge, but we didn't see what right. it was. And here we see him refreshing R plus E, yeah. which is as close to explicit about his feelings for Eddie right. as you get. I wish they could have. I wish they would have gone a little there bit. They a, could have gone farther. I wish they scene where the had gone boys further. Boys are in a hammock. Yes, and and Eddie is just messing with them. And what I liked about this film is that. Eddie gives as good as he gets in his relationship with Richie. He does. Because he... It, <laughs> I love... Great moment, his here's dying, the thing that his, I... Okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. No. But, well, his dying words to Richard, hey, I got something to tell you. I fucked your mom. <laughs> Which was a great um, sort of like response to the constant a bad constant thing that Richie's shit. been saying about his yes. mom, right? And... What I love, I love the Eddie character in these mm-hmm. movies, and and what I think I especially love about the Eddie character in these movies is how guileless mm-hmm. he is. Yeah. Yes, he will swear at you, and he'll he can take part in all of this stuff, but also the way that he asks, "What's a placebo?" or "What's that mean?" Mm-hmm. Like he will very openly just say, "I don't understand this," and and ask, yeah. and and the look on on. Grazer's face mm-hmm. is just like tell him everything, but like don't tell him too much though, because he's fragile and we have to protect him. I really like that balance of of that character. Yeah. I think he's probably my favorite, and I just I do like the risk risk assessor as his adult professional. That would be so perfect good. for him. Um, and then choice. that's the last thing we see is Mike driving away from Derry. Right. Uh, so there's, you know, other stuff, a lot happened. Like I said, it's a two and a half hour movie yeah. or two hour, excuse me, two hour and 50 minute movie. But, um, yeah, y'all, if you like a horror movie, watch these and watch them together. They're both yeah, on HBO I really Max. Recommend that. We watched it one night after the other and it was, uh, it was, it really made me like the second half more. Because the first time I'd seen the, as you mentioned, we've seen the first half more. I've seen it more than once. I've I've now seen it, I believe, four times. Um, I have not seen the second half more than once, more than the theater experience. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. Maybe because the first half was so accessible, but and I really like the kids. I but, think a part of it is a three-hour watch is a is a big right. ask, and I don't I didn't remember how viscerally horrific this movie right. is and can be and that's for three hours that's a big yeah. act. like you've got to be in a mood and so I think that watching it this time I really appreciate the fact that child actors were brought into the film so it's their story too I really liked it so much better particularly because I was able to see the story arc for these characters and st- watching Stanley's scene at his um, bar mitzvah 
was really great. I love the fact that that's, that was brought full circle. Yeah. I love the, the... The the way that they filled in other uh, things in that summer right. with the kids, I think, was skillfully done. Yeah. I do. And I really... Bill, uh, Bill Hader. Good lord. So good. He was, he was very great. funny. And I think at the time, it was very much shown, or thought that he sort of stole right. the movie. Um, especially when you're looking at, like, looking at that cast list. And Uh this is before, I believe, Barry started, Uh which is, I I think people have now, now understand what Bill Hader is capable of of Uh as an actor, but they, they still had him sort of pigeonholed as the sketch comedian, um, person. But he, the amount of gravitas that he is able to, portray while also being funny. Right. It's it's a it's an impressive talent. Well the first time I thought that he stole it, this time I'm really thinking that James Ramson did like such a great job. And I really am thinking that the two of them are just like the two young actors yes. who played it. Yeah. Would be Jackie Dylan Grazer and um Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. You can't forget Finn Wolfhard's name. The, it's the best name that ever two was. Actually had a one two act that was worthy of Abin Costello. And when I watched the adult version of that, those two guys really play off each other just as well. And so it felt like you were carrying this relationship, this extended, and that's, you know. And it's like, yeah. what could have happened? Yeah. Like that, like yeah. as a real, like as an actual relationship. Right. Because it's pretty clear that Eddie married his mom. Yeah. Which is not an ideal well, and marriage situation, regardless of sexual orientation. Ben married her dad. And Ben married her dad. But Richie and Eddie could have, like, legitimately had a broke-back situation where they had a relationship. Yeah. Maybe not broke-back. Maybe, like, a well, real actual relationship. For, yeah. yeah. I mean, they did have a broke-back relationship. Uh, but... Yeah, they they definitely I could have definitely seen them ended up ending up together and, and legitimately being happy, and it sucks that that's not. Yeah, I, I I did. There was a stronger theme running through both of the films than I realized the first time, and I really appreciate just the amount of uh, the amount of care that was taken to carry the story forward. So yeah, I'm, I'm appreciating that the second this reviewing I'm really appreciating how much work went into it. Yeah, I just needed that final piece of that climax right. to be toothier. Maybe because it was so exhausting the climax as it was. Um, it was really tiring because you're just physically coming That's out of the it other thing is we've been ramping up quite a bit and I just feel like where we should be at the top, right. we dipped back down pretty yeah. significantly and it was like that was it. Yeah. I mean, he just almost killed all of you and did in fact kill Eddie and yeah. you just that that was it like it just it felt anticlimactic to me but also maybe just because I was at the end of like 40 minutes of right. ramping up and I'm just like <gasps> it's so much um okay so that is it ah, uh, ah. wow that was so clever I did it I did it um, next week, uh-huh. we are going to talk about the Netflix movie, In the Tall Grass. You don't want anything that's been in the tall grass. Tall grass is bad. That's how you get tick bites. Yes. 
or tigers, but tick bites are pretty bad. Uh, this is a Netflix film based on a novella by Stephen King and Joe Hill, his child. See how hard it is to write a novella? It takes two people. Dose people. <laughs> Those people. <laughs> uh, so we will be watching that for next week. In the meantime, do you have anything that you would like to recommend to our dear, dear listeners? Unfortunately, the only thing I saw this week was it part one and part two. <laughs> it took up it two hasn't of my been week. very so, long yeah, since we I, I didn't really get to see anything else um, this week. So I really recommend those two, um, those two films. I the only other experience I had this weekend that's worth mentioning in terms of watching something was once again watching Ray Bradbury Theater, watching Eugene Levy in an adaptation of Ray Bradbury's story The Skeleton. Oh, weird. Which I don't know if you're familiar with it. I am not. It's about a hypochondriac who goes to a weird specialist who, um, because he's terrified of the fact that he has a skeleton inside of his body. And he thinks that's the cause of all of his maladies. That's interesting. Yeah, one of the one of the memes that have been that it was going around for a little while there it was like just uncomfortable thoughts, and it was like your skeleton is wet. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of the, 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 the gist of the story is that he discovers, of course, uh, he, he's constantly complaining about illnesses. And then he sees a, a kind of a nutcase specialist who convinces him that the problem is that he, um, the skeleton is in war and against him trying to get out of his skin. Oh, like a like a phantom hand issue, right. only it's inside your whole ass body. So he relieves the situation. The last image of the film is after visiting the specialist, Eugene Levy has a puddle of flesh with no skeleton. No! And a pair of eyes staring uh, out of it. And oh, you that can't image live has, like that. Your stuck with me for several crushed. days now, so it must have worked. Considering yeah, yeah, they had yeah, no yeah. money to realize this, but they just got really creative. So how is this available? Um, it's, I think there are episodes of it on YouTube. I'm not sure if this particular one is. Uh, of Ray Bradbury Theater. Oh, was that... You yeah, read, right, but, right, right. But yes, just that final image of just a, a puddle of flesh with no skeleton and Eugene Levy's eyes looking out at you. It is, in fact, available on YouTube. Oh, that's... Yes. That if a, you just Google the skeleton, Eugene Levy... Dun, dun, dun. And he, as a younger Season man... Season 2, episode 2. Yeah, as a younger man, he does look a great deal like his son. Yes. Or his son looks a great deal like his dad did as a younger man. There we go. So, do you have something to recommend? That's what I was trying to figure out. Okay. <laughs> Before my whole the puddle thing of flesh with eyes exploded. That uh, we already said, Wandavision, uh-huh. yay. Yes. If you like true crime, murder amongst the Mormons. Among, not amongst, amongst, among the Mormons. Uh, it's a Netflix documentary series. It's three episodes long. It's, uh, I think it's got about the same runtime as It Chapter 2 altogether. Uh, and it tells a story of some bombings in Salt Lake City, Utah in 1985. What led up to them and what, 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 what? You get to learn a little bit about some of the underpinnings of the Mormon faith, which I had thought were real, but it turns out 
or not real. Uh So, and sort of, it's a whole forgery plots. Yeah, I I got the last uh, part of the last episode, and it seemed really intriguing. It's it's really, really interesting. It's such a long list of things to watch, so that was... Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, well, I mean, I'll watch this because it's, like I said, three hours long, so I could mm-hmm. put it on in the background uh, while I was doing other things. Um, and it was really interesting. The The way that they lay it out is interesting, although I will say you kind of get a sense from the way that they keep talking about a certain person in the first episode that maybe that person is not who they think they say that they are. Uh, they're not real subtle about the twist that's coming. No, this is a historical thing that is on record, so it's mm-hmm. not like they're spoiling it for right. themselves, but the, they could be a little bit more um, sort of slick in the presentation. The other thing that I'm watching right now, and it's difficult to watch, but if you are interested, it is very well done, as Alan V. Farrow. Okay. The documentary series on uh, HBO Max, which concludes this weekend. I've only watched the first three episodes because that is what is available. Um, but it, that, with all the trigger warnings you could possibly give on child abuse right. and sexual abuse, um, grooming, you know, all that kinds of stuff. Uh, it's it's a tough watch, but it is very well done, yeah. I think. Okay. So. All right. Uh, and Dylan gets to, you know, speak for herself finally, which I think is important. So, you know, some true crime. I'm doing true crime stuff. Sometimes when I'm depressed, I can't. And sometimes when I'm depressed, that's all I want. So. Right. Okay. That's where I'm at. Uh so next week we're gonna do in the tall grass. In the tall grass. And then we'll see what happens after that. So if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at latecomerspod. You can reach out on Facebook. Uh, you can find us by searching Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. Uh, I remind you to take your medicine and we remind you. Better late than never. never.